Introduction If you've never used the law of attraction before, you might wonder what it is, why so many people believe it is true, and how you can use it to your benefit. Fortunately for you, this book is designed to answer each of these questions, and to provide you with a wealth of practical examples that you can put to use immediately. But before we go any further, let's take a crack at answering these questions in the simplest way possible. What is the law of attraction? The law of attraction was formalized by the school of new thought, however, there is evidence that it has been around for many years before that. In brief, the law states that things that are alike will attract each other. That is, if I think positively and I concentrate on positive outcomes, then my thoughts will actually attract those positive outcomes into my life. Now, at first, you might think this sounds magical. You might scoff at the idea of attracting ideas into your life through positive thoughts alone. However, in truth, this has a very practical meaning. And, in fact, the law recommends very specific ways in which you can change your life through actions, rather than just thoughts. How so, you might ask? It's simple. By transforming your mindset to focus on what you want, rather than what you don't have, you will come to view the world in a different way. Each thought you have will bring you closer to your goal, rather than bringing you down and focusing you on what you might never have. In short, using the law of attraction keep you focused on ways to improve your life, rather than roadblocks that may simply be perceived, rather than true. And that brings us to our next question. Why do so many people believe it is true? As I said, the law actually has many practical implications for your life. It directs you to do very specific things you if want to change the course of your life. And this is precisely why many people believe it is true. Not only does it confirm what they have always believed to be true, but after they put it into practice, they see the positive results that it has, and these results transform their lives. Indeed, it is the tangible palpable progress that people experience once they have adopted the law that makes them strong proponents, and that encourages them to spread the word to others. How can you use the law to your benefit? The law of attraction has many uses. It can be used to achieve goals. It can be used to improve your financial situation. It can be used to get a promotion at work. And it can be used to improve your interpersonal relationships. Indeed. The law is very powerful and useful. It can transform a person who is struggling with his career and who feels as if he can never experience success into a self-confident individual who is ready to accomplish his goals, and will not let anything step in his way. Chapter 1, Law of Attraction, an overview How should you use it? You now have a rough idea of what the law is and why many people have adopted it. But before we go further into the book, it's a good idea to give some stronger intuition behind the law. The law is not only a statement about attraction, but it is also a suggestion for how we should think about situations in our lives. In particular, it urges us to think about about abundance, rather than scarcity. For illustration's sake, consider the following four situations. Decide whether you have an abundance or scarcity mindset. 1. You're deciding whether to help out a business associate with a new project he has in mind. You know that it has the potential to be successful, and you know that you can help him to implement it. But, ultimately, you decide not to do it. 
you decide that a small part of your customer base overlaps with his, and you don't want to lose even a single customer to him. 2. You're deciding whether to start an affiliate program to promote your new product, but you're discouraged by the fact that you have never done this before. Instead of seeking out help, you decide that it probably won't work out, so you don't do it. 3. You just started a new business. You want to rent an office, so that you have a place to send your employees. You know that this is a big risk, but instead of letting this bog you down, you refuse to view it as an obstacle. And instead push forward, determined to make it work no matter how hard it may seem initially. 4. You're deciding whether to do something nice for your wife, husband. You know that you could make her life easier by doing this favor for her, him, but you ultimately decide not to. Instead, you decide to hold offer, so that you can offer to do it as a bargaining chip for something in exchange. After reading these examples, can you see the difference between an abundance mindset and scarcity mindset? Can you see how the low directs you to think and behave in a way that will generate reciprocity and kindness from others? And, furthermore, can you see how following the low directs you not to worry persistently about being taken advantage of, and not to live your life with the goal of extracting every last penny and favor from everyone else, while doing nothing for them in return? These are important things to see and to understand about the low if you ever want to practice it successfully and reap the rewards that it offers. How do you know it works? Many people suggest that you shouldn't worry about whether the low is working. You shouldn't worry whether thinking positively and maintaining an abundance mindset generates better results for you. But I disagree. As with all things you do in life, business, and personal relationships, it's important to evaluate whether or not what you are doing has actually. It's not only important to do this, so that you can refine your approach, but also so you can decide whether or not what you're doing is really working at all. This is also true with the low, no matter what people tell you to the contrary. Now, at first, you might see this as a contradiction. You might wonder how you can simultaneously be positive and believing while also maintaining a degree of skepticism. But, in fact, it is entirely possible. How can you do this? Start by setting a trial period. Give yourself, say, three months. In this period of time, commit yourself to following the law of attraction. During this trial period, don't let anything stand between you and your goals. Think positively and focus on achieving those goals, rather than focusing on the things that can prevent you from achieving them. Also, during that trial period, adopt the abundance mindset. Don't worry about winning every social interaction, and don't focus on extracting every last dollar from your customers, your business partners, and your friends. In short, behave as you would if you had already achieved your goals. If you were as wealthy, attractive, likable, accomplished and intelligent as you wished to be, would you be scraping for every last dollar? Of course, you wouldn't. And, if you ever want to get there, you shouldn't behave this way either. So, give yourself a trial period of three months, put your all into it, and see what happens. I guarantee that living abundantly, thinking positively and constructively, and giving to others without expecting something in return will transform your life, your business, and your relationships in a positive way.
why cynicism is bad when it comes to the low, many people make the mistake of believing that skepticism is bad. But, in truth, there's nothing wrong with skepticism. There's nothing wrong with thinking a deal through before we make it. And there's nothing wrong with wondering whether berries we picked in the forest are edible or poisonous. Skepticism is important and can keep us alive and improve how our businesses function. On the other hand, cynicism is an entirely different animal. When we convince ourselves that nothing can be good, that nothing can work out well, and that everything in our lives is rigged against us, we cave into something that is very contrary to the law. Namely, we forget trying to attract positive things into our lives through visualization and action, and we instead harp on the things that have gone wrong. If you are serious about practicing the low to achieve your goals, to mend and strengthen your relationships, and to become successful in business or at work, then cynicism is the first thing that must go. And you must replace it with an endless and persistent willingness to overcome challenges. Why focus and visualization is important The law of attraction suggests that if we focus on positive things, then positive things will be attracted into our lives. This is why followers of low stress that we set aside time during the day to focus on the things that we want and visualize them coming into our lives. As a new practitioner of the low, you should begin setting aside time during the day to do this. You should start by spending several hours to clearly define your goals. And when you do this, don't only think about getting a certain amount of money, but think mainly about how you will use it, that is to make your family's life better, to get that house you always wanted, etc. After you have defined your goals, you should spend at least a half hour each day doing nothing other than focusing on them and visualizing them happening. It may seem excessive at first, but in fact, it is a method that many professional athletes and successful business persons do on a regular basis. Once you have done this a few times, you will understand why it makes sense. It helps you to focus your attention where it should be, namely, on achieving your goals. It also helps you to walk through your goals carefully, step by step through visualization. This is important, as it will help you to form a very specific plan about how you can overcome problems and achieve goals no matter how difficult they may seem. How to create an environment for focus and visualization We've now established that focus and visualization is an important part of applying the law. If you can focus on your goals, if you can visualize them happening, and you can accept their happening, then you can apply the law successfully and reap the personal and material benefits that follow. With this said, it is important to think about how you can improve your focus and bolster your visualization techniques. You can start by employing the following techniques, which are known to improve mindset, calm nerves, and allow you to concentrate. 1. Burn incense or light an aromatherapy candle. Pick a scent that will energize you and focus you, rather than dulling your senses or putting you to sleep. Scents such as peppermint, grapefruit, or vanilla will accomplish this goal. Once the scent has filled the room, close your eyes and focus on your goals. Attempt to visualize how they will happen, and feel open and accepting as they do. 2. Get a massage. A massage can loosen up your muscles and make you feel relaxed and calm. This will make it easy for you to focus your mind on only one thing, namely, the process by which you will achieve your goal. 3. Take a warm bath with dim lighting. 
This will put you in a quiet environment away from other people, where you can relax and focus. Concentrate your mind on only one goal and how you will achieve it. 4. Practice Meditation One of the best-known techniques for focusing on one thought only is meditation. Learning how to meditate better will translate into better use of the law. In short, focus and visualization are important parts of practicing the law. So, if you want to practice slow correctly, then you need to find ways to focus and visualize better. How to avoid bad thoughts As I said earlier, cynicism can be destructive to our use of the law. It can prevent us from trying harder by convincing us that things are not possible. And it can prevent us from focusing on an idea and following through. For these reasons, it is important for us to keep bad, cynical thoughts away when we are truly attempting to practice the law of attraction. Instead, we must focus on ideas that are positive and that reinforce our vision of the future. How can we do this? There are a number of different ways. I suggest just a few below. 1. Find ways to snap out of bad thoughts If you find yourself reinforcing bad thoughts with more bad thoughts, you have to find some way to break free from the cycle. Psychologists often suggest using cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, techniques in situations like this. One commonly suggested CBT technique involves wearing an elastic band around your wrist. When you start to encounter negative thoughts, snap that elastic band. That immediate, physical feedback can help you to jolt out of a cycle of negative thoughts, and then begin to fix your attention on something else instead. Other techniques involve discontinuing what you are doing at the time and doing something else instead. For instance, if you are in your cubicle at work and you are looking at a massive stack of papers, you might begin to feel depressed and overwhelmed. Instead of sitting there and staring at the papers, get up and take a quick break. Grab a coffee or talk to someone in a nearby cubicle. This can help to break the cycle of negativity before it begins. 2. Avoid places that generate bad thoughts in your day-to-day -day experiences. You have probably recognized that certain places cause bad thoughts. Perhaps there was an event in the past where you failed at something unexpectedly. Or perhaps something bad happened to you and your family, and whenever you pass by a certain place, you think of that bad thought. From now on, it's time to start pushing those places out of your life. If a place makes you sad and there is very little you can do to overcome that sorrow, then don't visit it anymore. Take a different route to work. In short, avoid any place that can put you on the path to becoming increasingly negative. 3. Carefully choose and maintain relationships If you have friends who constantly degrade you, doubt your abilities, or insult your ideas, it's time to make new friends. While it's a good to have a skeptic in the crowd to bounce ideas off of, it is rarely help to have a cynic around who can do nothing other than find hundreds of, implausible, ways in which your ideas might fail. It accomplishes nothing. And it prevents you from maintaining your positive thoughts. So. From time to time, evaluate your relationships. Decide whether the friends you have chosen to associate yourself with are improving your life and reinforcing your success, or whether they are simply dragging you down. In brief, the low can be summarized in three steps. First, think deeply about what it is that you truly want most. Second, focus only on the thing and visualize how you will attract it into your life. And third, 
Be open and accepting of the thing that you want most, even if you initially subconsciously fear accomplishing it. Beyond that, practicing the low amounts to exercising focus and visualization. It also requires you to think in terms of abundance, rather than scarcity. In the following chapters, I will discuss specific ways in which you can apply the low to improve your life. Chapter 2 Low in relationships low and love when you first see the law of attraction. You probably did not immediately realize how it applied to love and relationships. Instead, you might see it as a tool, which you can use to extract material wealth from the world. In fact, the low has a lot to say about relationships. It not only suggests how you should approach potential partners outside of relationships, but it also suggests how you should interact with them within relationships. In the following sections, we will consider the ways in which you can apply the low to romantic relationships. How to find the right person If you think about the low for more than a few minutes, it'll become clear exactly how it suggests that you find the right person for you. Instead of obsessing over someone you already know, but who does not care for you, or jumping into a relationship with the first available person, what you should do is visualize who it is that you wish to be with. Think about this long and hard. Visualize this person. Should this person have very similar interests to your own? Or should this person have very different interests, so that you can share your own very different passions with each other? Answer these questions and incorporate them into your visualization. And once you do that, Begin to consider how you will meet this person. Will you meet at work? Will you meet at a religious event? While you meet at conference that is related to your passion? Begin to fix these ideas, and then focus on your plan very carefully. You might not feel it immediately, but something strange will start to happen. As you meet potential partners, you'll spend less time focusing on appearance and more time focusing on your vision. You will recall what it is that you wanted most, and quickly determine whether a potential person would be a good match for you. Furthermore, when you do find that person who satisfies your vision, you will know that it is truly who you want to be with. And instead of trembling at the thought of asking him or her out on a date, you will feel confident that you have made the right decision, and you will have no trouble doing it. How to improve romantic relationships The low makes specific suggestions about romantic relationships, too. Normally, we tell ourselves that bargaining is an important part of relationships. We assume that if we do not find ways to make our partner indebted to us, they will never willingly do things for us. Unfortunately, this can lead to very unhappy relationships in the long run. Today, we may do something that puts us at an advantage relative to our partner. But tomorrow, they may trap us into doing something that we do not want to do. Instead, follow the advice of the low and break free from this cycle. Make it a point to always do kind things for your partner without asking or expecting any reciprocation whatsoever. Initially, you may find it distasteful to do these activities. For instance, you may find yourself sweeping the house and washing the dishes more than you might prefer initially. But, over time, as you see how your partner responds to your selfless deed, you will feel good about it and want to do it voluntarily. Importantly, as your partner observes this, he or she will want to respond and do something equivalent for you. This positive cycle has the potential to significantly improve the quality of your relationship, and, in particular, 
to help you break free from the tit-for-tat cycles that often develop out of otherwise good relationships. How to deal with relationships that don't work at several points in our lives, we find ourselves in relationships that simply aren't meant to be. The prospective spouse may have wildly different core beliefs, or may want to achieve truly incompatible goals. Over time, the relationship may degenerate. We may find ourselves fighting with someone who once seemed like a prospective partner over truly trivial things. Instead of parting ways and moving on with our respective lives, instead we fight bitterly and end the relationship on very poor terms. Applying the low, we can see that there are good alternatives to a bitter breakup, too. For instance, instead of spending each day reinforcing the idea that it is inevitable that things will get worse, and that it is inevitable that the breakup will finally happen after a big fight, we can focus instead on something else. We can focus on the relationship winding down. We can visualize how we will break from the relationship without things getting bitter and without hurting the feelings of the other person. It might sound different and unusual, but there are ways to end relationships amicably and without hard feelings, and using the low can be one of those ways. How to move on after a failed relationship Not only have we all experienced a relationship that mutually did not work, but we have all experienced heartbreak at one point or another. We're truly in love with the other person, but the other person simply wants no part in our life. This can be very devastating, and some people who experience it do not fully recover from the breakup for years to come. If you find yourself in this situation, it is important to bring to mind what the low would suggest. Positive thoughts attract positive outcomes, and negative thoughts attract negative outcomes. If you focus only on the absence of the person you once loved dearly, these thoughts will only reinforce themselves. You will become increasingly negative, and increasingly focused on this person who is no longer a part of your life. Instead, what you should do is focus on recovering, stabilizing, and finding ways to fill the void in your life that that person left. You might do this by taking a break from dating and setting work-related goals. Or you might focus on finding a new prospective partner to take the place of the other. Whatever you do, it is wise to recall the lessons of the low as you do it. Keep positive thoughts in mind, and focus on finding a new, suitable partner, rather than grieving endlessly with the thought that you will never recover what is hopelessly lost. Friendship When it comes to relationships, the low has more to say. It not only instructs you on how to behave within romantic relationships, but also suggests what you might be doing wrong in friendships. At first, your instinctive answer might be that you're doing nothing wrong with friendships, but when you think about this longer, you might come to a different conclusion. Just think of all of the friends you have lost in the past who were supportive, kind, and loving. Why did you lose those friends? And wouldn't your life be better if they had never disappeared to begin with? In the sections below, we will consider how the low suggests that you make and maintain friendships. A. How to make friends Not surprisingly, the low is very specific in terms of how it suggests that you make friends. Rather than suggesting that you should haphazardly fall into friendships and then maintain them once initiated, it suggests that focus, visualization, and goal-setting are key. That is, rather than simply allowing friends to fall into place in your life, you should start by setting goals. You should decide that you want to make friends, 
And you should think about who they will be. Will they have similar jobs? Will they have the same education or training? Will they be able to help you in a certain way? Will you be able to reciprocate? Once you answer these questions and fix yourself on a goal, it is time to focus and visualize. Imagine these friends, and visualize them coming into your life, as you meet them and interact with them in your daily life. Furthermore, as you meet new people, incorporate them into your visualizations. See how you imagine them to play a role in your life. Do they improve it? Do they make you a better person? Do they enable you to do things that you otherwise couldn't? Of course, you can't know all of this information in advance. As you learn more about a person, you also learn more about the role that person might play in your life. For this reason, you will have to revisualize and make these decisions as you go. Remember, too, that the low would suggest that you go through the same process for existing friends. Simply because you have known a person for a long time doesn't necessarily mean they are a positive influence on your life. If you can visualize your life improving with the constant negativity of a certain friend, you may want to either encourage that friend to become more positive, or find ways to distance yourself from the friend, so that you do not find yourself becoming increasingly cynical and negative yourself. b. How to become closer with friends In addition to finding friends, you will also want to use the low to evaluate and strengthen existing relationships. As you know well, if you don't put enough effort into a friendship, you will drift apart from the other person, and may eventually go your own way, never to return. For this reason, you will want to use the low to visualize the outcomes of your friendships. Focus on which friends are valuable and could reasonably be good, long-term friends. And consider also who does not play an important role in your life, or who usually plays an overwhelming negative role. In short, Decide who it is you want to get closer to, who it is you are uncertain about, and who it is you would like to distance yourself from. From there, use the power of visualization to determine how your relationships will change. Visualize yourself contacting your negative friends less frequently. Or imagine how you can interact with them in ways so that they play a strictly positive role in your life. But whatever you do, do not visualize yourself in the position you are in now where a persistently negative friend brings you down and discourages you, and you do nothing about it. For those friends you wish to get closer to, focus on ways in which you can draw them closer. Instead of vaguely seeing how they play a role in your life, imagine how you might control the role that they play in your life, so that both you are better off for it. C. How to mend broken relationships Finally, the low has a lot to say when it comes to broken relationships. For instance, if you have had a falling out with a close friend, but want to mend the situation, the low may be the right tool for the job. As always, start by fixing the goal, to mend your broken relationship. Next, visualize how you will do it. Will you contact the friend and apologize for something you have done? Or will you simply be accepting of something they did in the past, even though it hurt you deeply at the time? Walk through this process in your mind. Imagine how it will happen, how the other person might respond, and how you will stick with things until everything is worked out. Additionally, bring your abundance mindset to the table when you contact your old friend. Don't prepare to win a battle of words. And don't prepare to be vindicated in your prior position or in your beliefs. Instead, 
remember your goal, to get your friend back. And then accomplish it through visualization, focus, and follow through. Finally, remember the last step of the low, you must be open and accepting of the results. If you even slightly begin to doubt whether you truly want your old friend back, then you may sabotage the goal before you ever get the chance to realize it. Chapter Summary In this chapter, we've given a lengthy overview of how to apply the law of attraction to relationships. Whether it's a romantic relationship gone awry or a friendship that needs to be ended peacefully, the law has very specific instructions about what you should do. As I've said several times throughout the chapter, there are two important things to consider when applying the law. The first is the three-step process, which is common to all low applications. Step number one, think about what you truly desire. And then commit yourself to receiving the thing that you want most. In this case, it might be mending a broken friendship, ending a relationship, or finding your spouse. Step number two, visualize how you will receive that outcome on a daily basis. Here, this might mean imagining your spouse, who he or she will be where he or she will work, and what type of background that person will have. Step number three, open yourself to receiving the outcome, to finding that spouse, to making a new friend, or to mending a broken friendship. As strange as it may seem, we are often our biggest enemy when it comes to receiving the things we believe we want most. When they are finally in reach, we fear that we might not truly want them, so we subconsciously push them away. The law suggests that you absolutely must not do this if you want to see those results. In addition to the three-step process, it is vital that you bring a mindset of abundance with you wherever you practice the law. That is, instead of focusing on the fear that you might lose something in a friendship or romantic relationship, focus on what you can gain by entering into a more mutually beneficial state of the relationship. Chapter 3 Law of Attraction and Money How to Start a Business When it comes to business, you might be hesitant to apply the law. You might ask whether it might be more prudent to leave the law in your personal life, and focus on extracting profits in your business life. In reality, though, the law doesn't stop working simply because you decided that you're done with it. It's a universal principle that applies not only to your personal life and to your goal setting, but to your business and work life. And if you are willing to use it to create a business, you may just be surprised at how good your results turn out to be. So, when it comes to starting a business, what can the law say? First and foremost, it exhorts you to practice focus, visualization, and abundance. Let's see how you can do each of these. 1. Focus When it comes to starting a business, focus is critical. Without focus you will find yourself lost in the noise of business while important signals pass over your head. That is, you will spend time chasing around dead-end ideas, you will dump money into projects and then promptly give up on them, and you will allow success to elude you at all possible opportunities. Thus, when it comes to business, practice what the law suggests, set specific goals and focus very narrowly on them. Instead of spending almost no time drafting the goals and most of your time working towards ill-defined goals, focus on the goals, and once you set them, don't let anyone or anything move you away from them. 2. Visualization The low makes another suggestion about how you should start a business. You should do it by visualizing what your business will be, how it will run, and how everything will come together. 
the brain has an unbelievable capacity to simulate events. And you should use it to visualize how your business will develop, grow, and transform into a lucrative opportunity for you. 3. Abundance The abundance mindset is also important. Many new business owners are on the side of being cheap. They skimp on the sign for the business, they bargain employee wages as low as they can go, and they purchase low-quality materials from suppliers. As a result, many of them ultimately fail. And many others permanently end up as small businesses with no growth potential. The stinginess and attitude that they convey is ultimately what they attract when they hire help and encounter customers. With this said, think carefully about what the low suggests when about your new business. While it is wise to be thrifty when creating a business, it is important not to take the thriftiness to an excess level. Instead, behave with the intent to create a high-quality, useful product for your customers, and they will respond to you in kind. How to grow a business In addition to instructing you on how to start a business, it is also possible to use the low when guiding the expansion of your business. Let me give you some examples of how you might use the low in these situations. Example number 1. Hiring a graphic design person You're going to expand your internet-based business by creating a new, but related site. And you need a logo for that site. When it comes time to create the logo, you ultimately decide to hire someone for the job. At first, you're not sure how much to pay them. But, eventually, you decide to skimp. You reason that you don't have the $50 to pay for the logo, since you may never recover the money if the site does not succeed. As a result, you purchase a logo for $5, and, quite frankly, it's nothing to write home about. Unfortunately for you, this is exactly what visitors also think when they see it. They see you as someone who is so uninvested in her own business that she is not willing to pay even $50 for a high-quality logo. As a result, they pass you over for the competition. If you had applied the low, your results would have been dramatically different. You would have realized that attraction is an important part of PR. Your thoughts, actions and the way you convey your business to others shapes how they will respond to it. And for this reason, you can start off by being cheap, and then, purchase a better business model once you've made money. You have to start off by conveying abundance, and then reap the rewards of attraction. Example number 2, Hiring an Affiliate Manager Your business is currently at a crossroads. It has expanded as far as the current business model will permit and the primary constraint is your time. In particular, you find that it takes at least 20 hours each week to manage your affiliates. A friend of yours suggests that you hire an affiliate manager. For as little as $10 per hour, $200-WK, you could find somehow who is willing to do all of these tasks for you, freeing you up to exclusively spend your time expanding your business. In principle it sounds great. But when you think about it more, it scares you. The thought of paying someone a fixed salary each week seems scary. What if you don't make enough money to pay yourself after paying the affiliate manager? Or what if you somehow find the way to be more efficient, so that you can reduce the amount of time that you spend with affiliates, and instead focus your energy elsewhere? Ultimately, you decide not to hire an affiliate manager. You decide that once your business becomes successful and you become rich, you can hire an affiliate manager, 
so that you don't have to spend your day doing such trivial tasks. As a result, your business never grows. The constraint on growth has always been your time, and with much of it bound up on affiliate management tasks, you have very little time left over to attract new clients and develop new products. Again, this is an example of you not using the low. Had you used the low, you would have realized that your scarcity mentality was standing in the way of progress. That is, instead of hiring the affiliate manager once you got rich, you should have been hiring the affiliate manager to get rich. Of course, in addition to these examples, you can think of many more ways in which the low can guide your thinking when it comes to business growth. Just remember to focus on abundance, and that is what you will attract into your business. How to create business partnerships One thing that many new business owners neglect is the value of a good business partnership. This is especially true for those who do not understand and apply the law. In each interaction they have, their only goal is to extract profits and move on before the other person realizes he's been swindled. To the contrary, if you adopt and follow the law in your business practices, then you should also follow its implications for business partnerships. That is, instead of treating partnerships as a waste of time, realize that they contain the potential to be much more than a one-time gig. And realize that many businesses are made or lost based only on partnerships with existing businesses. Instead, focus very carefully on each of your business partnerships. Visualize how they will play a role in the future of your business. And then work with your business partners accordingly. If you think that a strong, long-term partnership is possible, then foster a stronger relationship with that partner. Treat them as the abundance mindset would suggest. That is, Instead of openly conveying that you have no time for them or no interest in partnering with them unless all benefits accrue to you, instead treat them as if you have extra time, and as if you are open to projects that may strictly benefit them and not you. Again, remember that the essence of the low is focusing on abundance and positivity. It consists of visualizing positive outcomes very carefully, and then translating those visualizations into concrete actions. This is no different here. If you want to forge partnerships, then you must first visualize them. Next, you must remain open to them and willingly accept them when they present themselves. And with that said, we will close out this section on low and business. Remember, the approach hasn't changed, only the subject matter has. If you want to apply the low simply and correctly, all you have to do is set goals, visualize them happening, and then accept that those positive outcomes when they occur. Low in the workplace for those of you who are not budding entrepreneurs or seasoned business owners, you may still find many applications of the low when it comes to the workplace. In particular, you can use the low to improve your status within your peer group, to get raises, to get promotions, and to capture opportunities that might otherwise elude you. In this section, we will consider each of these possibilities. Low in getting a promotion Getting a promotion is tricky business. Usually, it involves hard work, bargaining, and politics. Fortunately, you have a tool that many do not have at their disposal, the law of attraction. And you can apply it to ensure that you get promoted. How is this? Below, we'll consider two different ways in which you can use the law of attraction to get a promotion. Example number one, 
using focus and visualization one of the things that separate those who use the low from those who don't is the ability of low users to stay focused on goals for those who don't use it and this may include you until now the connection between their goals and their actions isn't always clear instead they focus on one goal for a period of time struggle to see how they can achieve it and then move to the next Using focus and visualization is a critical part of ensuring that you achieve your goal of getting promoted. Instead of leaving yourself adrift in a sea of varying ambitions and ideas, you have to decide what it is that you want. That is part one of the low. And you've already decided, you want a promotion. Part two requires you to focus narrowly on that goal and visualize it happening. Can you? If you can't, then you may want to rethink whether you really wanted the promotion in the first place. If you encounter serious resistance, then you may want to truly ask yourself whether the increase in pay will be worth the increase in responsibilities. If you can visualize this process, then it is important to do so regularly. This will keep you focused on your goal, and it will help you to find ways that you can attract the promotion into your life. One thing you will notice as you go forward and practice your visualizations is a heightened sense of awareness of your goal. When you are at work, you will be highly conscious of what you are doing, and you will think about how it affects your probability of getting a promotion. At first, this might seem like a bad thing, but in fact, it is one of the best ways to achieve positive outcomes. Instead of letting the world do as it pleases with you, you are going to take charge and determine how the world will be shaped according to your vision. Example number 2, persuading co-workers and bosses in addition to using the low to focus on and visualize your promotion. You can also use the low in other ways to persuade co-workers and bosses to campaign for your promotion. How can you do this? The short answer is that you can do so by using the power of positive thought. The longer answer is that practicing the low in the workplace will not only make you a more effective worker, but it will also encourage others to campaign for your promotion. The reason for this lies in the essence of the low approach, to focus exclusively on how to overcome challenges, rather than on their existence itself. At first, this might seem overly optimistic to your co-workers, but as bosses and co-workers alike see you in action they will increasingly come to appreciate your approach. Where others give up and conclude that a challenge is simply insurmountable, you will continue chipping away at the problem until you finally make a breakthrough. And you will do this precisely because you know that the low works, and that, by using it, you can not only achieve success in the end, but leverage that success into a promotion. With this said, you now have two powerful tools at your disposal when it comes to applying the low to get a promotion at work. Let's now consider how you can use the low to improve the condition of your workplace. How to improve your relationship with co-workers Another way in which you can apply the low to your workplace is to improve your relationship with your co-workers. At first, you might not think this is terribly important, but in fact, it can make the difference between a very gloomy, depressing day at work and a pleasurable day at work. So, instead of being outwardly cynical and derisive towards your co-workers, find ways to improve your relationships with them. But before you do this, start by convincing yourself that it is a worthwhile goal, as the low instructs. Once you have convinced yourself that it is worthwhile to improve your atmosphere at work by developing stronger relationships with your co-workers, 
you can then move forward from there. The next step, of course, is visualization. You will have to imagine how it is that you will move forward from your current position. You will have to connect the dots in your mind by visualizing how you will become closer with your co-workers, and how you will position yourself to be helpful and friendly. In brief, making these slight changes can have a significant impact on your environment at work. Not only will you look forward to seeing your co-workers, but you will also drop the mindset that you are all competing in zero-sum game. Additionally, you may find it encouraging to go to work each day when you know you will be greeted by friends who care about you, rather than people who are scheming to snatch that promotion ahead of you. How to enjoy your work life more if nothing else, the low tells us that we have the power to shape and reshape our lives. It instructs us to focus on thoughts and actions that are conducive to the, very specific goals we set and to avoid becoming bogged down in negativity and hypothetical disaster scenarios. Instead, what we should do is think about how we want to reshape our life, so that it is better. We should think about how a challenge might be overcome, rather than obsessing that the challenge exists in the first place. In short, we need to move far away from negative thoughts. And we need to move towards positive, productive, actionable thoughts. We need thoughts that can move us forward and provide us with direction, rather than ones that make us life in fear of failure. Since the workplace is the place where we spend much of our waking hours perhaps 30 to 60 of them a week, it's no surprise that the key to improving our lives often lies in how happy we are with our work life. Interestingly, though, the low doesn't necessarily instruct us to find a new job if the current one is providing complete satisfaction. Rather, it suggests that we should stop focusing so narrowly on our dissatisfaction. Instead, what we should do is focus on how the dissatisfaction might be overcome by our actions and attitude. Not only does this approach help us to improve our lives, but it empowers us to take control of things we normally let control us. For instance, on a daily basis, we live in fear of many things that will definitely happen at work, and, when they do, we will find ourselves irritated or bored. Surprisingly, most of us do little to try to change these situations. Instead of focusing on the issue and visualizing a plausible and positive solution, we simply give in to its inevitability, and spend the day dreading the time when it will finally show up. But, in truth, we do not need to do this. We can take control of our life. And we can do it using the low. From now on, Spend at least 15 minutes each night visualizing how you can improve the following workday. Focus on the things that you hate most, and use the powerful simulator that your brain provides in order to overcome those things. But in addition to this, keep in mind what the low claims, you will attract that which you focus on. So, you may not only want to focus on attracting these clear improvements into your life, but you may also want to focus on attracting the things that you do enjoy about your workday, too. If you can amplify these things, you will dread the coming workday less and less. Low in personal finance when it comes to the law of attraction, there are big and important things you can do with it. You can use it to make friends, to improve romantic relations, to get a promotion at work, or to start a new business. What you might not realize is that it is also good for small things, like solving simple personal finance problems. In this section, we will consider how to use it correctly. 
how to improve your finances with the low at one point in all of our respective lives. We've been in this situation, we are working all the time, but it simply doesn't pay the bills. We are persistently behind on rent. We are having trouble making the car payment. And we're eating things we normally wouldn't simply because they were on sale at the grocery store. In those times, we were probably very conscious of our poverty. We focused mostly on what we lacked. And it made us feel weak and powerless. We felt as if even a tiny change in our lives could make the entire house of cards fall down. Fortunately, if you're in this situation now, you now have the opportunity to use the low to get yourself out of it. Instead of focusing on your poverty, which, as the low suggests, will only beget poverty, you can focus on something else. In fact, you can ignore your poverty completely, and focus on what you can do. And, as usual, it must all start with a set of goals, which come from careful thought and focus. For instance, what goals can you set that could lift you out of poverty and put you on track to becoming financially secure? Focus on this each day in a constructive and non-negative way. Finally, fix these goals and stick with them. Once you have fixed your goals, start to visualize how they will be realized. Imagine that you are walking through the process, and anticipate how you will respond to challenges and succeed. All of this is important. It will prepare you to act all of this out in real life, where challenges will buffet you, and where you will be forced to rely on contingency plans to navigate through a complicated world. Finally, as always open yourself to the realization of this goal. Be at peace with it, and do not self-sabotage a good outcome. How to apply the principle of abundance when you're broke it might sound contradictory, but the principle of abundance doesn't stop applying simply because you are broke. When you use the low to focus on situations where you face abundance, rather than scarcity, that is precisely what you will attract into your life over time. And there need not be anything magical or unexplained about it. Rather, the attraction comes from your focus, visualization, and determination. Rather than focusing on how poor you are, you will focus on how you might cast off your own poverty and become wealthy. This redirection of thought can do wonders in terms of keeping you focused on real, achievable goals, rather than the fear of failure. So be sure to practice it, even when the times are hardest, and even when the prospects are bleakest. Chapter Summary The Law of Attraction need not only play a role in your social life. It can also be used to improve your outcomes in the workplace, with a business you own, or in any personal or financial venture you take. The key to getting everything to work is simply to follow the three-step procedure I have repeated throughout this book. First, fix a goal. Second, visualize yourself accomplishing that goal. And third, open yourself to realizing that goal. Chapter number 4 low in personal growth low and goals and if you are like most people you set goals all the time but you rarely realize them many people for instance commit themselves to a particular new year's resolution but do not ever follow through you may be guilty of this too if you have an interest in changing this in finding a way to assure that you accomplish your goals then the law of attraction can be a life changer why is this because the low is all about goals and achievement. It contains a well-known truth, that the difference between those who succeed and those who fail is often a very slim margin. 
the ones who succeed were willing to stay with a goal for just a little bit longer, and the ones who failed gave in. With this said, let's take a look at two examples of how you can apply the low to goals in your personal life. Example number one, weight loss perhaps you've been trying to lose 20 pounds for years, but have never succeeded. In the past, you've decided to do it multiple times, but you simply never followed through. Using the low, you can now achieve this goal with much less effort, suffering, and internal struggle. You can start by fixing your focus on the goal, weight loss. Decide that it is something you need to do. Find reasons to support this goal, and constantly remind yourself of these reasons. Once you have truly accepted that this goal is worthy of the struggle it will bring, move into the visualization phase. Imagine how you will lose that weight. See yourself working hard in the gym, and making difficult dietary choices that require sacrifice. Furthermore, visualize how making these changes will improve your life. See yourself in the future after you have slimmed down. Do you feel healthier? Do you feel less self-conscious? Do you feel more attractive and self-confident? These are all important things to see and to realize. And there's no better way to do it than using the low. Just remember. If you want to attract a slimmer version of yourself into your life, then you will need to fix your mind on that image. Finally, open yourself to the realization of the goal. In those strange moments where you suddenly doubt whether you really want to be 20 pounds slimmer, push back and affirm your original goal. You have made the right choice and you know it, so do not let conflicting feels pull the rug out from under your progress. Example number 2, Personal Growth from Time to Time we become bored with the status quo and wonder what our lives might be like if we had spent the time to develop a skill or learn a craft. For instance, you might wonder how your life would be if you had continued to play the saxophone, or if you had learned more art. These are all legitimate longings, and each presents us with a possibility for personal growth and greater life satisfaction. However, if we ever want to, experience the pleasure of playing an instrument skillfully or practicing another craft expertly, then we will have to spend an effort to improve our skills. Fortunately, the low explains precisely how we can do this. We can start by truly deciding what we want to do it, and once we do that, we can fix it as our goal. For instance, decide that you want to play the saxophone. Now, if this not truly something you want to do, then don't make it a goal. Only make it a goal if it is something you truly want in your life, and if it is truly something you believe will make your life better in tangible ways. With your goal fixed, visualize how you will attain it. Will you practice three times a week? Will you practice in the morning or will you do it after work? Will you invite your family to be a part of it? Will you find other musicians and play your instrument with them? Finally, open yourself to the realization of the goal. Imagine that it is one year in the future and you have become an accomplished sax player. How do you feel about this vision? Are you uneasy with it? Do you strangely feel unsatisfied with it, as if you were truly interested in the chase, not the realization? Well, get over these feelings of uneasiness. The final stage of the low involves becoming comfortable with the realization of your goals. And this is precisely what you have to do if you wish to be successful. Low and learning One final topic we will consider is low and learning. This is important because learning problems are often what prevent people from being successful. 
either they aren't willing to learn continuously and change as they learn, or they aren't willing to learn something that will enable them to grow and make better decisions. With this said, applying the low is the same process as always. Start by deciding what it is that you need to learn or how you need to change the process by which you learn, that is perhaps you want to learn continuously, rather than discreetly, as you do now. Once you have pinned down that goal, the process is no different than it was for any of the examples we have covered thus far. Simply visualize the outcome, and then open yourself to the realization of that learning and to the benefits it will bring. Chapter Summary In this brief chapter, we considered how the law of attraction can be applied to personal growth. And, of course, the answer is the same as always. Start by pinning down the personal growth goal. From there, repeat the three-step process until you achieve success. Conclusion Throughout this book, we have discussed the law of attraction in depth. You have seen the law itself, you followed its implications, and you have seen a wide array of different examples that explain precisely how you can apply it to your life. You now know that the law of attraction exhorts you to do three things, one, to set goals, two, to visualize those goals being actualized, and three, to accept the actualization of those goals as it occurs. It may seem strange or magical, but repeating this three-step process is undeniably powerful and brings with it the promise of a better life with greater material and personal success. The other thing you've learned is the principle of abundance, which guides how you should use the law of attraction. Whether it comes to business, your personal life, or your goals, you should focus on abundance, rather than scarcity. And the reason for doing so is clear, you want to attract abundance into your life, not scarcity, so this is precisely what you should fix your thoughts on. But now that we've arrived at this point, the rest of the journey is yours. It is up to you to apply the low, or to not apply it. It is up to you to set goals that you truly think are worthy of your time and effort, and to follow through with these goals using visualization and acceptance. If you can apply the low to your life successfully, and you can stick with it, you will find the exact results you sought initially. Your life will improve at will and your deficiencies and problems will slowly fade into the background. So get started today. Initiate your first goal-setting session and decide what it is that you want to accomplish most. Once you are finished with that, set some time aside tonight to focus on those goals and visualize how you will make them happen. Finally, make sure you are truly open to the realization of your goals, so that you do not subtly sabotage them by undermining the goals you have selected.